Do you love Kajabi and learning how to really dive in and use Kajabi as the powerhouse that it is in your business? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Preneur Business Club, the gathering place of Kajabians worldwide, where we celebrate, strategize, and problem solve all the topics and situations that are important to each and every one of us and our serious Kajabi businesses. I'm your host, Tamson Horton, Kajabi hero, Kajabi ambassador, and proud driver of my Kajabi car all over town. Let's get started with today's episode. So today we are flipping the tables and a my dear friend, Jen, who is also a PBK member and you will be hearing on the podcast, is going to interview me. So I'm really looking forward to this and we haven't talked about anything. So whatever you hear her asking me is the first time I'm hearing it too. Welcome, Jen. Well, I should say welcome, Tamson, to the PVK podcast. Thank you. <laughs> now, I got to say that when we, I found you through a course that I had taken and learned all about your legal prowess, and that's how I like weaved my way to learn about you was through a legal venue, and then I learned about Kajabi through you, and since then, I have been a fan ever since. So... I would love for you to tell people a little bit about yourself, who you well, are, what you do. The the short version, or we'll say the podcast version, I have definitely taken a, we'll call it a guided scenic route through life, to say the least. <laughs> and yes, you did um, initially meet me as lawyer aspect of my brain, and I became a lawyer later in life. It was not my first career choice. I honestly had no idea that I would ever be a lawyer. I had grown up being very meticulously groomed to become a medical doctor. And again, the guided scenic route that I took in life realized pretty much at like the last minute that I didn't want to go to medical school. I didn't want to become a physician and I had no idea what I was going to do. And that that was in college. That was I had finished my um college degree a year early, overachiever, still recovering <laughs> from my overachiever tendencies. Um but I took my last year of my collegiate scholarship, and I moved to England to study abroad. And I studied art and architecture and linguistics, which was very, very different from my heavy science biology degree with pre all my pre-med courses. And when I was over there, I realized that nobody ha had ever asked me, do you want to be a doctor? Like it was just from the time I was in kindergarten, I would be a doctor. It was just went, went, went. And my godparents, who I'd never met in person, happened to find their way over to England in, around Valentine's Day when I was there. And this would have been back in 98. And just over tea, I remember her asking me, well, why do you want to be a doctor? And I, of course, rattled off my very well rehearsed at that point, you know, 20 some odd years in all these reasons. But when I was taking the train back to my university, it just wouldn't, I was like, whoa, no, I, I don't think I want this. But 
really struggling with how do I tell my parents uh, that medical school's not going to go down <laughs> as planned because I knew it would be a major, major bombshell. And it was. They really haven't spoken to me since that point in time. That was 1998. So big, you know, there were big issues from that. But it really was the first time that I said, what is it that I want? What is it that I want to do? Well, I, of course, had no idea at that point. There was no plan B. Like it, there was, it was only medical school. But I had been a nationally competitive figure skater for my entire childhood all the way through college. One of those crazy sports families where we moved to a different state to train with a certain coach and my full-time job with full-time hours was figure skating. And a rink had recently opened. I had moved back to Michigan and I said, oh, I could do this. Like I could run the figure skating program. And so I became the figure skating director and I ran a program grew it into a very, very successful business, even though it was someone else's business. I was the one responsible for growing it into that. But along the way, realized that I didn't have magic pixie dust. And parents <laughs> would say like, about their two-year-old, is she going to go to the Olympics? And I'm like, I, I can't tell you that. Like, I have no idea. And so I left skating and a friend, I promise this does all lead to how I ended up in law school. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the guided scenic route. Like I, you know, I did not see it coming, but it is the perfect, you know, it has all been the absolute ideal path for me to have taken. And uh, when I was figure skating, my figure skaters were kicking hockey players' butts in terms of skating, like the ability to skate. And so Many of the I, hockey parents had said, could you teach, you know, our hockey team, like the power skating stuff? And so I did that quite a bit. I taught, I loved teaching hockey players backward crossovers and working with defensemen. And so a friend of mine, her son had been in my classes that I, you know, had been working with hockey players and her father owned a um, collegiate trademark licensing company. And so when I left figure skating, I went to work for this company and I loved it. And it was great. And I learned all about the world of collegiate trademark licensing. And in the midst of all of that, became didn't really understand the lawyers that we worked with because it was it was definitely very heavy on the legal end and you know very contractual obviously trademark and intellectual properties and we would have these great ideas and the lawyers would say well no well no and i'm like but why like why can't we do this and they would be like you know they'd rattle off some reason which now i'm sure was completely valid but at the time made zero sense to me anyhow i had the a situation came up and I was the one that had kind of stumbled upon it and I was doing all this work trying to fix this very large, you know, legal situation that had happened. And the lawyer would walk in and basically, you know, stamp his name and walk out. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just did all that work and you just come in and, you know, he had to take credit for it because you know, he was the lawyer. 
And I'm like, okay, well, how do I get a stamp? Like, how do I get my own stamp on those documents? Because you're making far more money than I am. You're getting credit for a lot of this. And that's just ticking me off. And basically, they said, we have to go to law school. And I was like, okay. So I went to law school. That is truly the amount of thought. Now, not everyone would have that, you know, solution to the issue of, oh, I'm having, I don't like these, the way these people are thinking or the way I'm, you know, this is going down. Oh, just go to law school. But that's what I did. And now looking, you know, backwards, it's exactly what I was meant to do because the law is so creative because you do know the rule book. And while, yes, historically, lawyers tend to manipulate that so that it is, you know, uh, lawyers, but <laughs> that has to do with the person. And so when people like myself who are very creative and very proactive and very protective get their hands on it, we can use it for a lot of good. And so I went to law school. I met my husband um, as I was starting law school. And I was in my 30s. So again, I wasn't 22 or 21 like most of my classmates were. I had had two careers at at this point. And so we knew we were going to start a family. And I had planned to, I did an additional year after passing the bar exam to get my master's in taxation. Because I was had figured out by that point, death and taxes are going nowhere. And (laughs) (laughs) um, the I had learned at that point what life of a big law attorney was. And these are the attorneys that you would see on suits or, you know, legal programs like that where, you know, they dress phenomenally, but they work all the time. And it's very, very stressful. And I didn't know that going in. But being the overachiever personality that I am, I knew my only option was big law. I knew that that's what it was because that's what I was drawn to. That's what I would, you know, thrive in doing. But I was looking around and I'm like, oh, this is a horrible lifestyle. Like this is just, there is no part of working all these hours and being, you know, given grunt work that looks appealing to me, even when you're paying your dues. And so I had talked to professors and they said, I loved taxes. I really enjoyed the tax class that I had taken. And so my plan was to go work for the Internal Revenue Service. And I had my first son in May and I was going to go work for the IRS in September and never, never, never had any intention of staying at home with my children ever. I wanted to go to work. I wanted to have cute suits and cute handbags and cute shoes and a cute office, like all of those things I wanted. But when I had Kip, he's my oldest, he is eight right now, I realized I was never going to leave him. I I remember being in the hospital and having no idea what I was going to do. But you know, plan A had quickly (laughs) flown out the window. So I, this was back in 2011 and I started researching how to be a lawyer, like be a lawyer without being a lawyer. I mean, I would love to have a record of what my Google searches were (laughs) because I'm a new mom. 
I'm, you know, crying all the time. Baby's not sleeping. Law Aww. degree is like sitting there going, huh, what you going to do with me now? And I happened at the time, there really wasn't such a thing as a virtual law firm. There weren't lawyers practicing online. I mean, it was there was really very, very, very few people that were doing this. I happened to find two females that were doing it. And I just immediately could see the potential. And so that is how, you know, we would have initially crossed paths because I was running my law firm, which was called Vujade Law, which meant to see law from a fresh perspective. And I wanted to provide a fresh perspective for how law was delivered to people. Um, Legal Zoom existed, but it was still very, very, very much in its, in its infancy. So that's where I initially started. And the law still has a very, I love the law, but I don't actively practice it um, any longer as an attorney representing clients. And, you know, I think that's really cool because what I heard were a few key things. I heard that you had the courage to follow your instincts and and stand up for Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. I heard that you were willing to make pivots and make them quickly. Mm -hmm. I heard, and I heard you uh, being willing to take the time and look back and see what the path was to figure out where were those likes and dislikes to help shape Mm -hmm. where you're going. So I would affectionately think of that as a breadcrumb. And um, so, um, so I can see where you were doing all of those different pieces. And one of the other overarching themes that I hear in you is the ability to see what's possible with a few parameters. So, mm. so with those, mm-hmm. then how did you pivot again to where you are now? So I am loving you know, Vujade Law, I'm doing all of my legal work. And when I initially started, I was doing estate planning for families just like myself and Chris, because when we had Kip, I quickly realized none of our friends had, you know, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney. Um, They didn't have wills. They didn't have guardians for their kids. And largely because the way that law is delivered. Now it has changed. But at the time, you had to take time off work, book an appointment, drive downtown, go to a very intimidating law office and be asked all these questions like, you're going to die. What happens to your children? (laughs) To a total stranger. I mean, I know why people weren't, you know, kicking down the doors to do this stuff with their attorneys. And here I was saying, well, I've got a baby, you've got a baby, so let's meet on the computer when our kid is napping or at night after we've put them to bed. And so my business did very, very well. But in the midst of it, I realized that similar to not having pixie dust for the figure skater parents, I was growing very tired, work trying to help families understand why this needed to be done now and not wait for the car accident to happen. And so in my, you know, method of always looking for a solution, I could tell I wasn't as excited about um, estate planning as I had been when I initially started. And 
this, so this would have been, I don't know, 2012-2013, somewhere in there. And I knew I was really good at business. I was really, really good at building businesses. And I, I had done it in the figure skating realm. I had worked on a mass, a few massively big projects when I was in collegiate trademark licensing that I, I knew the numbers. And I was like, okay, I like, I like building things. I really like the creative part. And with my legal knowledge, it's like I could avoid all these massive potholes that nobody else could see coming. And so I had taken a couple um, online courses and realized that <laughs> all these people were moving to towards creating online businesses. And again, this is still relatively new because we're talking thir- 12, 13, 14. So in this realm. And I was able to say, oh, that's great. You're creating your online course. Have you thought about your purchase terms? Have you thought, oh, you're bringing in guest contributors and they're putting their copyrighted material into your copyrighted material? Uh, Do we have a guest contributor agreement? And of course, at this point, I'm speaking Greek to everybody listening to me because they're just like, oh, well, they didn't mention that on the webinar. I'm like, nope, they didn't mention it because they don't they're not lawyers. But you need to be paying attention to, oh, that's a fantastic name. Do you need to trademark it? Oh, but I own the domain. I'm like, no, 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 no. Owning the domain has really little effect to do you have the legal right to use this name as part of your branding? And so I discovered that I was very adept at teaching it in a way that it was very accessible for people. They could understand it. There was a humor to it because I will often say, and while I have many uh, lawyers as friends that I like, the profession as a whole, I'm a lawyer that really can't stand the lawyers that gave our profession a bad name. So because they manipulate the rule book or they manipulate people, and I just can't stand that. And so in the midst of doing this, I started running some uh, webinars, basically trying to highlight to people, you need to be paying attention to legal. But one of the things I was really, really good at, and still am, is how to lay out a course in under an hour. And so here are people that are spending weeks and months trying to lay out their course or their membership site. And... I just had a way of doing it really easily. And so I was running these webinars that said, you know, how to build your course in an hour. And really, my whole intent was to highlight you need all these legal pieces, but they weren't attracted to sign up when it was, you know, are you legally safe? It was like, oh, I'll get to that. Like, eh, whatever. But the how to build my course in an hour was a hit. I was like, okay, that works for me. And so I was running, you know, this. And around this time, it's 2015. And I am very, very pregnant. My second son was born in December of 15. And at this point, I've been doing the online gig for four years, maybe, maybe five, depending on how you want to count the timeline. But I was caught, like most of us, in this eternal web of digital duct tape. 
and I'm on WordPress and I have all the latest plugins and I have lead pages and I have ConvertKit and I have all these tools. And you're trying to figure out, one, how to make them all like each other because when one doesn't update, then everyone else gets ticked off and quits working. But they don't tell you that until someone says, I went to go to your site and I can't book anything. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anybody, anybody who did business prior to Kajabi releasing, you know what I'm talking about. So I, my good friend, this must have been early fall of 2015, sends me this link to Kajabi. And Kajabi is getting ready to open up at that time, they called it New Kajabi. And so she sends me the link to these videos. And the videos are Kenny teaching on a whiteboard, like the layout of the system. And I'm watching this. It was probably October. So I'm very, very pregnant at this point. And, you know, not always thinking clearly, you know, on a good day, but definitely we're in third trimester. And I'm watching these videos and they've built my brain. Like, I have had mapped out for years what it was I was trying to build and make the tools I was using make it happen. And of course, it wasn't working because the tools weren't meant to do that and the digital duct tape doesn't hold forever. And I'm I'm freaking out. I'm absolutely – like I'm so excited. But at this point, I've learned enough. And so I said to Chris – my husband, I said, would you please watch these videos? Because I'm pretty sure I'm not objective. Tell me what you think. So he watches like the first two, three videos of Kenny teaching on this whiteboard. And he looks at me and he goes, get it. Like, just get it. We have no idea what it costs. We have no idea when the doors are opening. Uh, I've sworn off purchasing things. And he says, he goes, get it. He said, you're right. They've built exactly what you've been trying to do for the last few years. And so sure enough, um, you know, Kajabi opens November, early November of 15. I, even though I like clicked as soon as the button, you know, was available, I still was somehow to be like managed to be number 300 in the door, Um, which is still, you know, I'm still very early founder. So I get in and within days, I have like my trademark class is inside and it's working. My copyright class is inside and it's working. And I am just over the stinking moon. Like I'm so excited because it it's working. I mean, they said it would be easy and it was easier than they said it would be. And so I have Tad and I am like the biggest Kajabi raving fan at this point. Kenny and Travis are sending me messages, you know, on Twitter. I'm saying, um, in fact, my, one of the funniest ones is I said, I'm going to name Tad. He hadn't been named at that point. I'm like, that's it. I'm naming him Kaj, K-A-J. <laughs> and Kenny and Travis came back on Twitter and they're like, look, if you make his middle name A-B-I, you can have it free for life. Done. But done. My kid will be Kaj Abi Horton. Done. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> He's obviously not named that. My husband did veto that. But so I love the platform. I love that it is allowing me the freedom to 
do my stuff and not be fighting with digital duct tape anymore. So I, of course, am still doing my webinars on how to build your course in an hour. Now with Kajabi, it's really, really easy. And in the midst of that, someone gets on a webinar and sends me a message and says, you can't talk about this. I'm like, huh? They're like, no, you're you're the lawyer. You can't talk about course creation. Huh? I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't know we could do that with each other. Like, I didn't know that I could tell someone else what they could and couldn't do. And what my normal reaction when someone says, you know, you've done this horrible thing or you can't do something, I get really quiet. So I will rewind back to when I started Vujade Law, and I'm trying to figure out how to name this law firm. And I, I was like, it's, I can't be Tamsin Horton Law. I can't be the law offices of Tamsin Horton. Like that to me just felt like one of the pieces that I didn't like about the legal world was it's always our names. And I had done a presentation when I was in trademark licensing where we needed the company to look at everything from a fresh perspective. And I had read this book by Ben, or I think it was on like the leadership habits of Ben Franklin. I don't think Ben Franklin wrote the book. And in the book was this term Vujade. And so it came to me one morning. I'm like, oh, that's it. Like it's Vujade Law. Like that's my law firm. I can brand this. I can trademark this. I can grow this. Like I could see everything. And a few months into running Vujade, this partner at Big Law invites me to come in. And he does his state planning. And I'm thinking, oh, this is great. This guy's going to give me, you know, this insight. He's going to, you know, maybe he'll end up being like a mentor. Like this will be great. So I go in. And again, I have a small child. So I had to get up. I had to get dressed. I had to drive downtown. I had to get a sitter for Kip. Like this was not an easy task for (laughs) young mother with small infant. Right. And so I do this. And, you know, the one hour meeting turns into being, you know, a four hour excursion by the time you drop off babies and pick babies up and feeding and all those things. And he I walk in to this very mahogany, very affluent, big law law firm, conference room. And he sits down with me and he has a sheet of paper on eight and a half by 11. And it's in portrait mode. And it is single spaced of all the things I am doing wrong. Oh, (laughs) this guy doesn't know me from anywhere, like literally had reached out to me on LinkedIn. Like it was crazy. I mean, had no idea who I was. I've been doing this a couple of months, like How many things can you screw up in two months? And which really was none. And at the end, he says, you will need to rename your law firm. I said, huh? He goes, well, you named it after a strip club. Oh. I went, oh. Like in my head, I'm like duck, you know, duck feet under the water, like paddling, freaking out, totally embarrassed. I just I think I've ruined my family's, you know, financial future and social reputation and you name it. I was having like the most catastrophic thoughts and I'm completely freaking out. And so I get really quiet. I'm quiet for about a whole day. Chris is like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't talk about it yet. So I can finally talk about it the next day. And he says to me, he starts laughing. He goes, 
Really? Like that guy can tell you what you call your business? Really, honey? He goes, honey, all that happened is somebody told you your baby was ugly and you don't think your baby's ugly. So, you know, forget him. He said, and honestly, if somebody is thinking about doing their estate planning, if they're thinking about T and A, he said, that's not quite a bad thing. You know, he said, (laughs) really? Whatever. So now we'll fast forward to this person telling me on my webinar that I can't talk about running a course. And I'm trying to explain to them that I don't want, like, I'm not teaching people how to use Kajabi. I'm not teaching them how to do a course. I just want them to stop committing trademark infringement. And I want them to stop getting hosed over by guests who, you know, are plagiarizing content and they're getting in trouble because they're putting it into their course. And I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. And this person just didn't believe me. And I, so I spent the weekend and I was like, you know what? No, you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. It's my business. I'm good at this. So sure enough, PB&J course design was born in 48 hours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was born. I was born. It was, you know, probably a C minus version, but it was born. And what I realized is that I love the law. I love the creativity. I love teaching. But what I really, and Kajabi built my brain. So all of these pieces are, you know, they're starting to gel together. Um, You know, like if you were in some kind of like movie effect where you have all these pieces on the floor and then they magically start piecing themselves together and you can start to see, oh, there is a form. All those random pieces were vital components of whatever is, you know, magically coming together. And that's what it felt like over the next couple of years in that I loved being able to see the potential when I would hear someone talk. I could see their business and I could see the business model and I could help them understand how the pieces needed to go together to get them where they wanted to go, knowing that when we can make our businesses, when we can put our visions into play, it provides us freedom, time, financial, mental, emotional, like it truly provides freedom. Everyone's definition is different. But when you have that freedom, it changes the trajectory of your life. And that to me was when my weird unicorn skill set started to gel. And obviously, Preneur Business Club has been a huge piece of that for me because it wasn't coming in after the fact when people had already made large legal mistakes and having to say, oh, we got to clean this up. And I've been there plenty of times and I don't like it. But to say, oh, you you have this idea. Okay, cool. Well, let's put it together. (laughs) One, let's use Kajabi. Let's get you off WordPress if you're not already off WordPress. Let's get you over here. And then this is how we build it. And this is how it can be simpler maybe than what they were thinking. And oh, by the way, here's your privacy terms. Oh, by the way, here's your website terms. Here's what they mean. Here's why you need them. Here are the data protection laws. When the uh, GDPR came about um, back in 18, I could explain all those things. And so 
that's where I've ended up today. You know, finally, all the skills have gelled where I can see on the guided scenic route how they all were meant to fit together. But I had to pick them up at different points in time. And then getting them together is just, I mean, I get to do the coolest gig every single day with business legal in Kajabi. So, and that- no, so I, I was going to say, you know, there is a video, you have a wonderful um, set of videos, uh, your, your channel in YouTube um, mm-hmm. has such great building pieces. And so when you're sitting there describing building things and teaching and how to do things, plus being a mama, and mm-hmm. having the, the ability to really break things down the way you do, Mm-hmm. You have some amazing YouTube videos, and the one that really sticks with me the most is the one with the people and the baggies explaining yeah. the pages and the offers and how to combine them, because it really helped to visually and and lightly in the sense of making it fun, but visually depict what's going on, and you have a nice way of being able to teach with different methods. Some people learn visually, some people learn by you know, roadmap, like here are the written directions and some mm-hmm. with more audio and you have a nice way of blending all of them. But that video, when you were talking, I was, that came to my mind and I was like, you're, because that was such a brilliant way to explain things and distill them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you- the, the Lego pieces, little people and baggy video is still by far the most popular one that I have on YouTube and has helped so many people understand Kajabi. Like they're like we we watched your video, we've never had to relearn it. It made total sense. And in fact, I was speaking with uh one group that I said, "Oh, I should I should re- I need to remake that." Like the video is probably from 2016. I'm like, "I should update it." They're like, "Don't no, don't touch that video." Like that's the best video. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's awesome I'll still use the Legos and the little people and the baggies and they're like no don't touch that video like just leave that video alone I said okay I will leave that video alone but yes it's how I've always I've had to put things into metaphors so that I could remember them and I the early when I can remember for sure doing it was when I was in law school because I didn't have some of the very, the legal brains that some of my fellow classmates did where they just understood all these legal concepts in their legalese language. My brain just couldn't absorb it. And I remember being in constitutional law and trying to understand separation of powers and what could Congress do and what could the judiciary do and what could the executive branch do. And I'm staring, you're trying to memorize all this stuff because in law school, you have one exam for your whole term. Like the whole year is one exam. It's three hours. It is a brutal, brutal beast. And so you're trying to learn all these concepts and get them to stick. And I remember studying for con law. So it had been my first year uh, of law school. And it hit me, oh, this is just a game of rock, paper, scissors. Like, that's all this is. Okay. If I give you – or playground equipment, that was the other way that I 
realized, oh, we have three different playgrounds. Congress has a playground, the courts have a playground, and the executive has a playground. And if I tell you it's okay, hey, you can come over and play on my playground, we're not going to have a problem. However, if I come over to your playground without your permission, we're going to have an issue. And I, I mean, I rocked con law. <laughs> I, I can only imagine what the professor thought in reading my essays. But it's Kajabi is there's a lot of moving pieces because it's a computer. It's a platform. You're asking it to run a business. There's lots of pieces. Law, there's lots of pieces. There's all these things constantly moving and impacting each other. And so my ability to say, okay, here's in the example of the video on YouTube, here's offers and products and sales pages. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> it's just a Lego piece and a figure pri- Fisher Price little person and a Ziploc baggie. And here's how they work together. You never forget it. Well, if you never forget it, that means you can use it. If you can use it, that means you can do your business. If you can do your business, well, then you're unlocking your freedom. So yes, we're completely like the weirdest set of unicorn skills that I have somehow make perfect sense combined in the way that I've combined them. (laughs) Well, I think your unicorn skills are pretty awesome, especially (laughs) because I get to be around them by being a part of uh, the Preneur Business Club, which is PBK. And I would love to hear from you Why do you love PBK? I love it watching people see all they're capable of. I love watching them really, and we'll rewind again, in so many ways, I was caged up my whole life. I was caged up and I was on display and I was performing, literally and figuratively. And I did everything right. I was, I got straight A's. I was the valedictorian. I went to college. I was pre-med. I graduated in three years. All these things, like I did everything that was expected. And for the most part, I thought I was happy. But again, hindsight, I can look back and see it wasn't me. It wasn't my dreams. I was capable of so much more in very different arenas. And when I'm working in PBK, so many of us are taking the stuff that we're really good good at and we're using it in a different way to unlock these lives that we really want, whether it is more time in the way we want to be with our families present situation a little bit excluded as we're in the middle of COVID-19 and (laughs) everybody is home 24-7 with your families. But it's the, the ability to use my gifts in a complimenting way to help people unlock or step into what they were always meant to do that is they shine. And when they're happy, it spreads to everyone they come into contact with. So I really see PBK as it changes the trajectory. It changes people's 
not just their experience with legal and not just their experience with Kajabi, because they typically will find me when they're very frustrated, when they're very overwhelmed and they're not quite sure what to do. So yes, it alleviates those those points. But when I step back and look at all that it has become and this incredible mastermind and place and exchanging of ideas and camaraderie, that's what I love, is I love seeing people have access to what they need, the ability to use it, and then they're using it. And they're getting like, they're just stepping into these lives that they were always, always meant to have. Now, not all are as, you know, drastic shifts as my my own personal one has been. But I can at times look back and go, what if? Like, what if I had gone to medical school? What if I had never stood up for myself? What if I had never done these things? I still would have been successful. That's who I am by nature. I would, I'm sure, I would have received awards and accolades and had, you know, been, you know, successful in a way for sure. But I wouldn't have this incredible life that I have right now with married to my best friend, two great kids that 99.9% of the time I do adore. Again, COVID crisis, (laughs) 24-7. There's a lot of deep breathing going on at times, Um, but I'm sure they feel the same way. So that's what I, I feel so honored and privileged and lucky that I get to be a part of PBK. So that is, um, I love it. I absolutely love it because people change and it's for the, like, it's for the better. And that to me is just the coolest thing ever. I love that. And I have one final question for you. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give someone who's realized that they may need to pivot and they're scared? You know, whether they're trying to pivot from, like you said, the digital duct taping and pivoting to a whole new platform like Kajabi, or maybe they've realized that they're somewhere along their career or their entrepreneurial path and realized, ooh, a pivot's needed and they've got to make a big jump in order to do that. You've demonstrated by the things you've shared and Mm -hmm. the, the storytelling that was excellently done, by the way, to really show those pivots, but the courage and the ability to do that. So I'm curious, what piece of advice would you give that person? You won't feel like you're, or you're not likely to feel like you're being courageous in the moment, but you have to be incredibly courageous. For me, when I made the decision not to go to medical school, I often will explain it to people as the same as when Kate and William were getting married. So Prince William, Princess Kate, even though they're Duke and Duchess now, if on that wedding day and Kate is walking down the aisle to go marry William and she gets to the front and the person marrying them says, you know, if any, you know, anyone thinks why this shouldn't happen, speak now or forever hold your peace. I was Kate. And I it, like picture her raising her hand saying, um, yeah, this isn't going to work out so well for me. I don't think I want to do this. That that was the enormity of me saying no to medical school. Like, can you imagine the world, 
how it would have gone like berserk if Princess Kate hadn't married William at that point in time. I didn't feel courageous. I didn't, in a lot of ways, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew there was something inside me that was dying to say, stop this train, like get off this train now. And I did. And it had huge repercussions, absolutely, but I haven't regretted any of them. And so if you're feeling like I need to pivot or I need to start something or I need to stop something, you'll know it in your gut. And however you can hear your gut, for me, apparently I needed to go to England for an entire year by myself to not hear guidance counselors and professors and parents chirping, you know, well-meaning that they were about medical school and my future as a doctor and all of these things. Um, But I get quiet. I have to get quiet. Some people, you need to exercise. Some people, you, you know, I don't know, need to go dance. Whatever you do so that you can hear that voice, it's there. And it will, you have to have the courage to listen to it and then to take the action. And you don't have to know everything that, that's going to span out. I had no clue what I was going to do as a lawyer. All I knew was in those couple years when I'm working on this major legal cleanup thing that I wanted my own stamp. Like I was, t- I didn't want someone else getting credit for my work. I wanted to be recognized for what I was doing. Okay, I'm going to law school. Thank goodness I didn't know all that went into it because law school and the bar exam and being a lawyer is not the easiest thing in the book. But I've often, um, when I love listening to Sarah Blakely from Spanx, and there's so many pieces of her story that I can identify with in that she's like, look, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew the next step. And so I did the next step, and then I did the next step, and then I did the next step. But it's that initial piece does take courage, and you do have to be very brave, but you probably won't feel it at the moment. But when you look back, you'll see, holy cow, like I did something that some people never do in their whole life. So all of our courage will look different. In fact, I have recently been watching um, some shows on Navy SEALs. And to me, I'm astounded by their courage when they like strap on a parachute and jump out the back of a plane into like hostile territory. I could never be that kind of courageous. That's not what I'm called to do. I was called to say no to medical school, yes to law school, yes to Kajabi. Um, Those were the things that I had to be courageous about. So that's what I would tell someone is find your courage and you find it by listening to the voice and you stop hitting the snooze button. Tamsin, this has been absolutely awesome. Thank you so very much. Where can our listeners find out more about you? You can find me anywhere on social media. It's all Tamsin Horton. TamsinHorton.com is the hub of the website, and that will give you direction if you're wanting to um, learn about PBK, which is Preneur Business Club. You can find that there. The podcast, the blog all my YouTube videos. So I am Tamsin Horton everywhere that 
currently exists <laughs> in the online digital realm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that concludes this week's episode. I really hope you had an aha or a wow or a hmm, I never thought about it that way moment. We will be back next week with another episode all about celebrating, supporting, and strategizing with Kajabi. If you have a question or an idea for a future episode, please send us a message and we would love to get you on the lineup. And if you need show notes or more information on anything that we have talked about today, head to TamsonHorton.com and you will find everything that you need right there. Have a fantastic week. Go out there and change the world with Kajabi one person at a time.